Jesus and we say, well, he, he spoke out and he laid hands on and he prayed for the bread. Jesus said, not one of them came out of anything you saw me do. Every one of them came out of what was on the inside of me, and I'm going to show you that today as we look into the Word of God. So uh, we'll only stand together for the reading of one scripture today, John chapter 5 and verse 19, although I will be using these three scriptures as the foundation of what we do. I want to thank again Juliana and Jesse and Brandon for standing in today on a short crew. Uh, always do a wonderful job. Let's read the scripture. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you. Now notice the underline and italicized. The son can do nothing of himself. Huh. But what he seeth the father do, for what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the son likewise. Father, we thank you for the word of God today. I pray that you'll open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear and our heart that we can understand what the Word of God is saying to us, and then that we can apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. I ask you today to sanctify us and yield us and surrender us to the voice of the Holy Spirit. As Jesus Christ himself speaks from our inner man through the Holy Spirit, may we relay the message of God to your people. May we speak as you speak and share as you share because it is from there that the word of God will resonate in the spirit of every man, woman, boy, and girl in our midst and they will be transformed and changed by the power of God. Father, we praise you for it. We worship you for it. We give you glory in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord, and our God, man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. And you may be seated. John 8, 38 said, I speak that which I have seen. Now notice this next word. With my Father. And ye do that which ye have seen with your Father. John 12, 49 and 50 say, Now I have not spoken of myself. Wow. But the Father which sent me he gave me commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. So what do we get out of this, the, these verses of Scripture? Well, we see that Jesus is doing nothing out of his flesh. He's not doing one thing out of his intellect. He's not doing one thing from anything that he sees and he decides that from his thought process, if he, if he would just go over there and lay hands on it or speak to it out of his own thought process, that he himself would cause whatever the circumstance, the, the situation, the trial, the trouble, the persecution to be diminished, healed, or changed. Jesus never said that. As a matter of fact, what Jesus said was, I can do nothing from myself. But what I have seen the Father do, well, that's an interesting statement, isn't it? Because that tells you and me that something has gone on in the past 
that has caused Jesus to have a frame of reference concerning how the Father would deal with such circumstances. That's what he's saying here, isn't it? He's saying, I've only I'm only going to do what I have seen the Father do. Now, where would Jesus grab any reference to what the Father and how the Father might have handled something? Where would Jesus have come up with that idea that he had seen the Father? He was birthed in the flesh just like you and me. He came out of a woman just like you and me. But the Bible declared that Jesus said, look at it, what I have seen the Father do. Well, the only thing that we could come to is, is that Jesus is referencing how God dealt with mankind and with Israel. Because he saw the Father as Abraham took Isaac to the altar to serve as a sacrifice. And he saw Isaac say, where is the sacrifice? And he heard Abraham say, just trust God. And all of a sudden, Abraham, who had told his followers and servants at the base of the mountain, the boy and I will be back, he saw God draw Abraham's attention to a thicket where he found a ram and produced the sacrifice. Well, now isn't that beautiful? Then he saw God minister upon the heart of Pharaoh so that Pharaoh, who was rebelling against God, would not only turn Israel loose, but would turn them loose with the wealth of Israel's land and Israel would sojourn and come up against the water where there was no way out. There was no, absolutely no way to turn that they wouldn't run into Pharaoh and his men and draw up a barrier in the water where Israel would pass over to the other side and there build an altar unto God. In the time of Abraham, Abraham pronounced when God gave the ram in the thicket that God would forever be known as Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Where did Jesus get this idea? Whenever Moses stood with the people and the water was bitter and they said, Moses, you brought us out into the desert to thirst to death. What are we going to do? There is no water that's drinkable. The Lord said to Moses, take a tree. Put the tree in the water, glory to God. And the water became not only drinkable, but it became sweet. It became everything they could have ever wanted. God had done that, and Jesus stood as a member of the man in the Godhead who was there from the foundations of the world and watched God deliver, preserve, heal, save, give safety, bring soundness and wholeness to the people. And Jesus stood and watched this day after day after day. Isn't it amazing? <coughs> that that same God who would bring a tree to a bitter water 
would take that same man, glory to God, and put him on a tree for the bitter personality of people, for the sin that was stuck in the heart and in the inner man of people, and hang that man on a tree and take a bitter man and make him as sweet as he could be. Take a hateful man and drive the evil out of him until he had absolutely the sweetest, compassionate, most loving person. Isn't it amazing how that occurs? God had shown Jesus. Jesus said, I'm not doing one thing out of myself, but what I've seen my father do and what I've heard my father say. Isn't that amazing? I'm not doing anything but what he sent me to do. Jesus had a frame of reference. But where did that frame of reference come from? Because Jesus did not say, in my right hand is the frame of reference. Jesus did not say to them that in my thoughts are the frame of reference. Jesus did not tell them that whenever I decide to, I can do it whenever I want. Or Roberts prayed for a man one time with a broken leg, I believe it was. God healed it on the spot. And the man asked Or Roberts, can you do that all the time? Or Roberts said, I don't know. I never did it before. That was a good answer. Because it wasn't up to Oral Roberts to lay hands on the sick and see the sick recover. There was something divine that was moving. Where was it, Pastor Mike? Well, Jesus told us, and it, I, I like this because I figured out this week after all these months how to use this. Jesus told us right there. He said the Son of Man could do nothing of himself. There's nothing in your intellect that's going to bring about any of the great blessings of God. There's nothing in your body that's going to bring about the great blessings of God. There's nothing you can do that's going to bring about the great blessings of God. There's only one thing that you need to understand. When Jesus met with a problem, let me tell you how he met with it. He saw it in the natural. He saw what was going on in the natural. And he dealt with it in the spiritual. That's why he says, I can do nothing of myself. There's not one thing in me upon my flesh, but there is a room on the inside of me. And from that room that is on the inside of me, I have seen and I have heard what the Father would say from my inner man, from my inner development. I have seen and I have heard what the Father would say. I have watched him as he dealt with Israel. I've watched him as when they needed a leader, he produced Moses. I have watched him as whenever they needed uh, uh, discipline, he disciplined them. I've watched him whenever they, did, they cried for a king, and he produced a king. I have watched him as he went out into the, the field and produced the leadership in a little boy named David, someone everybody had overlooked, but that little boy wound up being the one that would go out and stand in the place of Israel and look across that uh, valley. And there he would see Goliath and he would sling a stone that was brought out of the spirit world and slay Goliath and cut his head off and win the battle for Israel. Jesus, being a member of the, of the Godhead, had watched all of that. Now he is walking among men. He is producing miracles. And they don't understand it. As a matter of fact, they called him the devil. And Jesus said to them, now watch this now. 
Watch what he said, because he's about to speak on it here in John chapter 8, verse 38. They called him a devil. They said, you're Beelzebub. This is what he said. He said, I speak only that which I have seen. Where had he seen it, friends? How could he make such a statement? Because he was seeing it in his inner man. He was seeing it in the underdeveloped, undertrained, under, under misunderstood fact that our people in this global church world do not understand. We don't understand the development of the inner man. As a matter of fact, we don't even realize there is an inner man. But when I look into 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and I read the entire chapter, the entire chapter talks about the inner man. Paul is saying to them that I come to you not of myself, but in the demonstration of power, the power of God. Where is that power? Was it in Paul's hands, his feet, his body? No, it was in his inner man. Paul said, now watch what he said. He said there is a hidden mystery that has been hidden with God from the foundation of the earth. What was that mystery, Mike? What was that that the princes of this world had they known they would not have crucified Jesus Christ? What was that, Mike? He said it was whatever it was, Paul said, I have not seen nor ever heard the things which God has prepared for those who love Him, but it has been revealed to them by my Spirit. Who knows the Spirit of man but the Spirit of God? It's in your inner man. It's in the underdeveloped, underappreciated, misunderstood inner man. Jesus has told us this. When I look into John chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17, I see a duality of work in the Holy Spirit. He said the Holy Spirit would come alongside to comfort you and He would reprove you. Where does reproof happen? In the inner man. Where does strengthening happen? In the inner man. Now he is able to do all that we're able to ask or think by the power of God that works in us. We don't develop it. We don't think about it. We don't understand it as a matter of fact. We don't even ever hear anybody preach about it unless you come to my church. Our church, I should say. Because it is in the inner man that all of the power of God is expressed through the seven spirits of God from Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2 that Jesus alluded to in Luke chapter 4. Those seven spirits of God, as we know, are wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, the hatred of evil, and good decision-making or judgment. Those things make up and com comprise the inner man. It is from the inner man that Jesus dealt with his world. It is from the inner man that he ministered to the people. Someone said, yes, Pastor Mike, but that's Jesus. That's Jesus. And that would be a good argument. If we all said, yes, Pastor, but that's Jesus. He could do those things because he was Jesus. He could live that way because he was Jesus. We can honor him and worship him for doing all of that. We can raise our hands and shout and we can tell of the glory of what Jesus did. That sounds good, doesn't it? 
Seems like the thing we ought to be doing, doesn't it? Huh? Seems like that there would be the exact thing that the body of believer ought to be doing is worshiping him for his power, for his glory, for his goodness, for his peace, for his joy, for the spirit of truth that rests in him, doesn't it? That sounds good, makes sense, and that's what the world is doing today. They put all of the works of God on to Jesus and said, that's Jesus and I am just me. Well, you can do that if you want to. Let me tell you, you'll be strung around like a rag doll. Your life will look like that right there. You'll have no authority, no power. You'll be pushed around by the devil. Every place you go, you'll be in and out and up and down. Oh, he'll be the God of the mountain. He'll be the God in the valley. He'll be all of those things, and you will just be tossed around like that. The devil will take you by the back of the head, and he will toss you around and try your salvation and cause you to wonder at times by the frustrations of life whether there even is a God, whether you were ever even saved. Don't lie to me, because every one of you in this room know that you have wondered whether I ever, well, well, the way things are in my life right now, I wonder whether I ever got saved. I, I, I thought God loved me, and now look how things are. Oh, it's horrible. I, I just don't know how I'm going to survive. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm so frustrated because I can't seem to get God to do anything that I ask Him to do. Is He even listening to me? Does he even see me? Huh? But the word of God. Now, now, why does that happen, friend? Because we're being taught to get saved and wait on heaven. We're being taught we just get saved. Jesus is coming. I heard a guy say just this morning, the moments, the time is coming so close. We're right here in the throes of it. Now, one guy said this week, there's not any prophecy left to be fulfilled that, that, could, that would, would say that Jesus could come at this day. Well, awesome. But until then, guess what I got to do? I got two options. I can live like this. Or I could go in with Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3 and say my God will keep me in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. That's my option, friend. But nobody knows how to get there. Nobody knows what to do to get there. Nobody understands how to live the Christian life in victory. Because Jesus said in this world you're going to have trouble and persecution. But don't be afraid. Be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. Why is that important? What makes the difference what Jesus did? He raised the dead. I raised the dead. He healed the blinded eye. I ain't healed no blinded eye. What makes the difference what Jesus did? What makes the difference about you preaching about the inner man? What makes the difference about you preaching about wisdom and understanding and counsel and might, knowledge, the fear of the hatred of evil, the fear of the Lord, and good judgment? What makes the difference? It's all put on Jesus. Huh. 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 Is that what you think? Is that what you think about God? 
Is that what you think about God? Is that how you live out your Christian life? Because I want to tell you something. You're halfway home if that's what you believe. You're halfway home if that's what you believe. If you believe <coughs> that Jesus had it all, you're halfway home. Because Paul said you are complete in him. If you believe that he had it all, then you're halfway home. You know how far halfway is? It's as far there as it is back. That's what halfway is. Halfway is neither where you're going or where you've been. It's right in the middle. That means that every day that you stay halfway there with that theology, you're neither there and you could go back. You're in the twixt between two. I remember one time I was traveling to New York and I got up into the mountains in Pennsylvania and there was a snowstorm. It was ridiculous. I was the only car on the whole road. It was snowing and just getting deeper and deeper by the moment. I said to myself, when it started, don't worry about it. I got a four-wheel drive. I had a Subaru four-wheel drive. Man, that thing was sweet. I started rolling through that snow, and the further up that mountain I got, the more I realized that me and my four-wheel drive were the only things out there. Now, I got in that conundrum where I said, now, I don't know. Now, watch me now. I don't know how much further I'm going to have to drive over this mountain to get to this, through this snow because I ain't never been here before. So I had to make a choice about what I did not know. Now watch it now. And about what I did know from where I came from. So what did I do? I got myself to an exit. I went around the top, turned around and went back because you see I was in that halfway point. I had the option right there. I could go on into what I did not know. And I could traverse what I did not know while I watched the snow continue to come up under my car. I could go forward. I could see. Now, I could just keep right on rolling through that snow because, you know, I, I had a four-wheel drive Subaru. Did I tell you that? Or at the halfway point, I could say, no, 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 no. No, no. Prudence, intelligence, my intellect tells me that I need to turn around and go back because I know where I've been, but I don't know where I'm going. You see that? Now that's where the church world is today. We know where we've been. We know what we've been taught. We know what they have told us about Christian living. We know what they have told us about Jesus. We know what they have told us about heaven. We know that some glad morning when this life is over, I'm going to fly away. We just ain't been on the other half of it yet. So we get to the midpoint. Here we are stuck in the middle. We're just stuck right here. We're treated like a rag doll over here. And we really don't want to go back to it. We would really rather find out what is beyond. But, 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 but if we go beyond and the snow gets up there and there's nobody around and I get stuck, well, then what? You know, I had a, did I tell you this? I had a four-wheel drive Subaru. I turned around and went back. Why? Because that was the intellectual and prudent thing to do. It was the safe maneuver. It was the thing that I could do that I would say, oh, Mike, that was, a, watch it now, a mature response. 
That was a mature thing to do, Mike. Not to put yourself in harm's way like that. Not to do, oh, that would, you would, because you just could not see, you did not know, other than the fact that you could look around you and say, snow was flying. We could see it, and there wasn't nobody there but me. Now, that's where the church world is today. We are in the middle, and we don't understand what is ahead. And we don't understand what to do to get there. And we don't understand that, that there is a mechanism and an avenue and a means and a way. Now, someone would say, yes, glory to God, you're talking about faith. You're talking about faith. Ah, oh, Mike, you could have gone on in faith. Uh-huh. Could have gone off the mountain in faith too. There had to be something deeper. You're talking about if we would just trudge on in faith. My friend, watch me now. Watch it now. Faith is an awesome thing. But Paul said to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he said he wanted them to have Something that their faith could stand on. He did not say that they would walk off in blind faith. He said they would have something that their faith would stand on. You see that? So here we are at the halfway point, and we're looking for something that our faith can stand on. Let's see what Jesus has stood on. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I can't do a thing. But what I see if the Father do, that's faith to stand on. What I uh, 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 see Him do, I do likewise. I can't say a thing. What I speak is only from what I've seen. Now you're speaking the things you have seen with your Father. So where are they speaking things from? Where is He speaking things from? Well, he's speaking things out of his inner man. We know that when we look into John 14, 15, 16, and 17. He said in John 14 that I and you and you and me, uh, uh, I, you and the Father, and I and you and you and me. He's speaking those things from his inner man. Let me tell you what he said in John 15. In John 15, watch this now. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. I am the inner source and you are the outer source. So now if we're worshiping Jesus from what we have seen him do and saying everything that happens is happening from heaven down because of what Jesus did, and Jesus has to do it. Here's a big term in our day. God's got it. Well, my friend, we're in the halfway point. We can go back. We could be strung around, ragdolled around. We can walk in doubt and unbelief, frustration, where is God? Say, God's got it, but Lord God, where is he? Or we could be in the halfway point and figure out what it is that allows us to move forward. Now, that's where I'm going today. What allows you to move forward? Now, do you remember whenever I told you that I had a four-wheel drive under me? In the natural, I had the strongest, best automobile available for the circumstances in which I found myself. Now think about that. We come to church and we don't get much out of it these days. 
because we hear the same loop over and over and over. Reminds me of listening to a nighttime radio show when they take off the DJ. If you listen to it at 12 o'clock, they'll play a song. Come about 2 o'clock, that same song going to show up again. About every couple of hours, that loop will pass back around, and you'll hear that same song over again. Then another little while, another loop. That's what our preaching is like today. It's a loop. It's a loop. One person told me that they were in church, and the preacher was preaching, and she looked down at her Bible, and there was a date written there that happened to be the exact date that she was on that day, except under hers was a different year. And the preacher was preaching the exact same message one year later. It's a loop. What happens when we get that loop? Well, we get stuck in the middle. Now, whenever trouble and persecution and trials and torment and things we don't understand come up, we have the option to go backwards because we have no way to move forward because we're stuck in a loop. Everything that we believe revolves around Jesus and what he did and how he did it. But he ain't here. Jesus said to them, I'm telling you this because I'm not going to be here. What was he telling them? What was the revelation that he was giving to the people? What was he sharing with them? He said these words to them. I'm not going to be here, but I'm going to give you four things that you're going to need. He said, I'm going to give you peace, joy, the spirit of truth, and my glory. I'm going to give them all to you. Well, we didn't understand that. He said in John 14, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you so. I go to prepare for you a place so that where I am, there you may be also. Huh? Where I am, there you may be. You know how we preach that? We preach that to say, one glad morning when this life is over. Well, one glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly up. That's how we preached it. We preached everything and put it into heaven and nothing into living. Jesus did not say to them with the intent of defining and describing heaven. He said that where I am, there you may be also. Paul turned around and told us how that would happen. He said that we would be welcomed into heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that we would be accepted in the beloved. When? When we die? No. Now. Now watch this now, because if we have our theology placed in what Jesus has done and left it with what Jesus could do, I'm going to rock your world spiritually with my next line. Paul said that there was a hidden mystery that had been hidden with God from the foundation of the earth. Said that in 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul began that by saying, I'm preaching Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now, what happened at the cross? Well, He forgave us of our sins, right? Yes, that's true. But there was a mystery released at the cross. There was a mystery released at the cross. You hear what I'm saying? There was a mystery released at the cross. What was that ministry, Mike? Well, Paul turned around in 1 Corinthians, uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, and told us what the mystery was. He said, the mystery is that you need to stop worshiping the Christ that was and start worshiping the Christ that is. What do you mean? He said that Christ... The mystery is, is that Christ is in you the hope of glory. 
Now that changes everything with my theology. Because no longer do I have to look up there to find him seated at the right hand of majesty. I have to look in this room. I have to look in me because Christ is in me. His works are in me. The Spirit of the Lord that sat upon Him are in me. What the cross did was to release Jesus Christ to go into every man and therefore every man is who He spoke to when He said, Great her works will you do when I go away even than you saw me do when I was here. Why? Because I'm going to do it out of your inner man. Christ, the hidden mystery of God. That's why they should have never crucified Him because He would come to live in your inner man. No one understands it, but it's true nevertheless. Paul said from that inner man, from the hidden mystery of God that has been there from the foundation of the world. Now who was with him whenever this mystery was devised? Well, the Bible said that Jesus was with God before the foundation of the world. And when he went back to glory to sit on the right hand of majesty, he just went back where he came from. He went back to the Father who had sent him in the first place. And there he was. Now something dynamic had been released at Calvary. And forgiveness was only one of those things. The ability to be forgiven and have peace renewed and your physical and spiritual self healed was only one of those things. The crucial thing was the understanding of Christ being in you because Paul said that it will be from Christ in your inner man that you will begin to understand the things that I have not seen nor ever heard nor that God has prepared for those who love Him but it will come from your inner man your spirit man that's where the miracles came from now Jesus I got to go quickly here I'll finish this tonight on Facebook Jesus walked up in Mark chapter 5 to the demon of Gadara Whenever I was making God, the Holy Ghost was showing me this message. I didn't understand this. I, I, I didn't realize who I was talking about whenever I talked about the demon of Gadara. The demon of Gadara was a man, the man of the tombs, who was in chains, whom they said cried out day and night. Here was a man who had, when Jesus asked him, who are you? He said, I'm legion. Now watch this now. He said, I'm legion. Why did he say legion? He said, because I have many devils in me. Where were they? Why was he cutting himself? Why was he in chains? Why was he in bondage? Where were those demons? Those demons were in his inner man. I, I didn't realize that whenever I was writing this message. Those demons were on the inside of him. What's happening in our world today? Well, we see exactly what's happened, what happened with the demon of Gadara. He said, I'm legion for there are many, there are many things in me that I can't control. So I lock myself up in order to keep myself from acting out in all of these uh, natures and personalities and intellects and designs. I lock myself in the tombs and I cut myself to keep myself from expressing what is going on in my inner man. There came Jesus dealing with an inner problem. The inner man was his problem. 
the lack of development in the lack of understanding of the inner man. But now watch. The demons in him knew that he was God. That's why they want to come to church. That's why they want to be in the house of God. They know that he is God, but they also know that our modern day Christianity does not have the power does not have the authority, does not understand how Jesus will work out of you to deliver them and free them from the captive, the captivity and the lack of liberty and the blindness that is in their inner personality. We don't understand it. We don't know it. So therefore we can't do it. They come and sit in our midst and we preach to them a gospel that we cannot make work. Why? Because we don't understand how to use our inner man. Jesus looked at him and said, uh, they begin to talk to him and they begin to say, oh God, we know who you are. Now listen to that. Now listen to what I'm telling you. If the devil knew who Jesus was and you knew who Jesus is and you understood that he is in you, then the devil should bow his knee to you as Jesus Christ speaks out of you into this earth, that you speak only what you have seen and know. Do you know Jesus? Does he live in you? If he does, then every demon. Now, Jesus said it himself. He said, whenever I come back and I'm Lord over all, I'm going to teach you through my name, how to cause people to observe my word. And you will cast down devils. How are you going to do it? You're going to do it because you're good looking? You're going to do it because you're big? You're going to do it because you're overweight? You're going to do it because you're underweight? You're going to do it because you think you can? You're going to be like the little engine that goes towards the devil and said, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. He'll knock you into oblivion. No, you only do this through what is in you. It only comes from the power of God that is in you. So the, Jesus spoke to them and they spoke back. They said, send us into the animals. Now I want you to get this. I want you to see this. A man took them into his spirit. A man took hatred. A man took murder. A man took lying. A man took deceitfulness. A man took all of the 17 works of the flesh. A man took lust. A man took pride. He took them into himself so desperately in his inner man that he had to lock himself in the tombs. He had to cut himself to try to express the demons that were in him. They turned around and said to Jesus, send us into those swine. Jesus said, okay, okay. Now watch, watch the message. Swine got more sense than people. Because when Jesus expressed the demon out of their inner man, those swine turned and 2,000 of them ran into the sea, killed themselves. Rather than be possessed by this demon, animals, they got, when the, when the demon came in, they ran into the sea and drowned them. Do you know why? Because they realized they would not, could not live as it possessed by, this, by these demons. But man will take them into himself and because he finds some peace, or so he thinks, 
live with them and keep them. Walk in them, talk in them, express them, glorify them. Not knowing that what they are doing is putting themselves in bondage and chains. The church, having not understood who Jesus was, and that Jesus Christ is in them, has allowed themselves to be locked in chains. Let me take it closer to home. Some of us have allowed ourselves to be locked in chains. Because we have never come to the conclusion or the understanding that Jesus Christ lives in you. If He lives in you, the wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, fear of the Lord, and the good judgment of God resides in you. Those things, those seven things, demonstrate from you in the spirit of power. Paul said so. They demonstrate from you in the spirit of power. Now you can have it any way you want. You can get to the middle. And you can live over there. You can always be on the next step of going back where you came from. Or you can listen to the word of God. Let me tell you something, people. This ain't my word. This is what Paul taught. This is what Paul said. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said in John 14, 15, 16, and 17 that he was going to bring along something that would reprove you. Where would it work? Right in here. Paul said, Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Now you can stay where you are. You can stay right here and live as up and down, in and out, victory to defeat, shame and guilt to freedom, back to shame and guilt. You can live any way you want to. That's totally up to you. But as for me, as for me, I understand that Christ is in me. Therefore, if Christ is in me, I don't have to look into that book and say, oh, well, he laid hands on the sick and they recovered. I don't have to look into that book and say, well, when he saw a blinded eye, he prayed for that blinded eye and they became sighted. I don't have to look into that book to find where he did it. I look in here. Because in me is Christ. How do I know that? Because he took an old man, old boy, who was on his way to being an alcoholic. He took an old boy who had really no education nor no desire to get an education. I found out about Jesus Christ on the road in Danville, Virginia. And he totally transformed me. He brought me out of sin. He gave me a direction. He gave me a peace. He gave me a new personality. He gave me an unaddicted personality. Mm -hmm. Where did he do that? How did he start? Did he start in my flesh? No, for years after I was delivered from cigarette smoking, if I even got near the smell of cigarettes, that smelled so good to me, my flesh would just crave a cigarette. I was a three-pack-a-day smoker, you know. I would, I would crave a cigarette. But I got around somebody where they opened up a beer. But I smelled beer. Oh, I, there was a craving in my flesh. No, friend. My transformation happened in here. And yours must too. Your victory happens in here. If you don't get victory in here, you will never get victory out here. Your life will do this all of the days of your life. And you will be 
frustrated, downhearted, discouraged, disgusted. Jesus' miracles came out of his inner man. Your miracle will too. Bow your head and close your eyes. Father, I thank you for the word of God today. Now, Lord, in us is Jesus Christ and him crucified. You have released out of the crucifixion the life of Jesus Christ to live in us. The ministry of Jesus Christ to, to, to change us and transform us. But no one ever told us that Christ was in us, in us, living today. And the seven spirits of God that rested upon him that spoke to the poor, the brokenhearted, the blind, the captive, and those that had no freedom, that same spirit lives in us today. It is from that spirit that our inner man must be developed, strengthened, so that we can know the power of God that works in us. We must become God conscious of Jesus Christ and his power on the inside of us. We must speak from that perspective. We must speak from the perspective of Christ and not the perspective of my intellect, not the perspective of what I think, but the perspective of Christ so that whatsoever he did, we do. Whatsoever he speaks, we speak. And it's not coming from what we know about what a book said, although that is important. But that book has borne witness with the spirit of life that is on the inside of us. And therefore, we are changed and transformed into the very likeness in our spirit man. We stop looking at circumstances and situations out of our intellect and our mind. And we see them out of the spirit because we see them out of the mind of Christ. Now I want you to stand and raise your hands and worship. Father, we honor you today and we give you glory. Father, we thank you today. Open our eyes, God, to the spirit that Christ is in us, the hope of glory. Open our eyes that Christ is in us, the hope of glory. Open our heart that Christ is in us, the hope of glory. May we see him for who he is. He is Christ that is in me, in me, in me. Christ is in me. I am at one with him. His word has spoken that I am at one with him. I raise my hands today to say I received that revelation and I will begin to think in that revelation because that is the mind of Christ. It is the mind of the miracles that will happen to transform your life. Now I want to speak to those of you on our Facebook and YouTube and Lift Him Higher Radio. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior today, you need to know Him as Savior and then you need to turn your inner man over to Him. He'll develop you. He will train you in the inner man he desires to have his life expressed through and in you accept him today if you're a christian today and have never been taught about the development of the training of the inner man but yet you have seen the miracles that came out of jesus from the scripture then begin to accept and agree with the development of the inner man to transform your life father i'm a sinner forgive me I give my life to you. I want the man of miracles to do the miracle of salvation in my life. Then I want the man of miracles to be the miracle in my inner man that transforms me, that brings me into wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, hatred of evil, and the judgment of God. And in so doing, Father, 
I serve you because I surrender myself to you. I thank you for that. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Get yourself in the Bible-believing church. Join us on one of our ministry media outreaches and hear the Word of God taught. It'll bless you. Thank you for listening. God, minister to your people. May we walk out of here today with a consciousness that Jesus Christ is in us, in our inner man, and that the miracles that He did from where He was reside strictly and totally in my inner man. So if I need healing, I can go into that Jesus that's in me. If I need financial blessing, I can go into that Jesus that's in me. If I need my family to be saved, I can go into that Jesus that's in me. I can go there if I know He's there. And you've heard the truth today. He abides. He abides. Hallelujah. He abides. God bless you. I'll see you at 6 o'clock tonight on Facebook. Have an awesome day.